Welcome to Health Media Now with award-winning author and host, Denise Messenger, for a lifetime of health empowerment. Live by being in the pink, meaning P stands for being persistent, I stands for using your intuition, N stands for networking, and K stands for obtaining knowledge. Our guests entertain and share cutting-edge information. They share with you what may have taken years to achieve through experience in their field. Become inspired and motivated. Reach your full potential with fascinating tips and products. Receive a lifetime of benefits from authors, doctors, practitioners, healthcare providers, and learn about exciting new products. You asked for it, and we deliver. Now, here's your host, Denise Messenger. Well, hello, listeners. Today is a holiday here in the United States. It is the 4th of July, and there's going to be a lot of fireworks happening later this evening. But in the meantime, we have a great guest on our show. In fact, he has been on our show in the past, and he's a fabulous guest. His name is John Vespasian, and he is the author of nine books. So um, some of these books are just phenomenal in the research that he's conducted in order to present his topics. So let's bring him onto our show now. Hi, John. Hi, uh, Lisa Tanson. Hi, Mion, and happy uh, 4th of July. Oh, thank you, thank you. I understand that you've just come out with another new book. Why don't you talk to our listeners about it? Yeah, the title is uh, Sequentiality. And uh, the book presents uh, a pattern of uh, personal development uh, based on the sequence of steps. Uh, it is called sequentiality because uh, what I emphasize in the book is that um, uh, in many cases, uh, when people are facing problems and trying to solve the, um, uh, difficult issues in their lives, whether it's professionally uh, health issues, um, uh, sometimes it's better to focus on finding the right sequence of steps than to place uh, too much emphasis on, on psychological aspects. And uh, what I have done in the book is to research um, dozens of uh, biographies, different uh, countries, uh, different periods of history, and to come up with patterns, uh, patterns of sequence of uh, steps that um, uh, people have used uh, very successfully uh, to overcome uh, extremely difficult problems in their lives, sometimes uh, critical situations, and trying to, uh, to get through those problems uh, without getting overly emotional. Uh, the book uh, is based on, the, I would say, an objective approach uh, to personal development, to solving problems. And I can give you a lot of examples uh, during the, the next uh, uh, half an hour. Uh, mm -hmm. But uh, the title sequentiality really reflects uh, the focus on a sequence of objective uh, steps. All right. So why don't we get in, into it? Yeah. Um, the, the idea of the book uh, came uh, from the story of uh, Luigi Cornaro. And Luigi Cornaro is, um, is one of my favorite uh, persons in history. He lived in the uh, 14th, 16th century. And um, he is the first person in history uh, who uh, is recorded uh, to have lived um, 104 years. He, he became very, very old. 
And uh, Cornaro was basically dying when he was in his 30s. Uh, it's, uh, the story is, uh, is true. It's 100% true. He, he wrote extensively also about it. And by the time he was 35, uh, he had uh, massive inflammation, uh, massive pain in his body. He could not eat. He was really in a very bad shape. Uh, he went to different uh, physicians, and they told him that there was no cure, that he had uh, to go home, uh, prepare his uh, affairs, uh, prepare to die, because they could not do anything for him. And the story of Cornaro um, is uh, the way he faced the situation and how he actually solved the problem. He found uh, a cure. He found a lifestyle uh, to solve his problems. He became... He became vegetarian, he changed his uh, complete lifestyle. And uh, eventually he found a sequence of steps that allowed him to live uh, very, very old. Uh, he became, I think, very, very happy, very wealthy because he was bankrupt at a certain, at a certain point. And uh, the point of the story is that uh, Cornaro never started out in his life uh, to become very, very old. He did it uh, uh, only when he was against the wall. He was basically uh, terminally sick. And it was only at that point that he started to seek uh, for a solution. Uh, this is a pattern that we find in history very often, that people only actually change, they only become better, they only solve uh, problems when we are against the wall, when we have no other choice than to, to, to sit down, to think, uh, to stop uh, fretting about everything because the situation is so bad that uh, emotions will not help you anymore. You have to, to, to stop, you have to think, you have to look uh, for the right sequence of steps. That's fascinating, really fascinating. I'm curious, what, besides becoming a vegetarian, what were the other uh, sequences that he did? Well, Cornaro um, found uh, the right sequence of steps. Uh, first to recover his health, because his first uh, objective was to survive, because he was uh, considerably, uh, considered terminally ill. Mm-hmm. And uh, he tried different things. He uh, started to uh, experiment uh, with different diets. So what he did, because he was really so sick, who could barely eat, uh, he stopped eating altogether. And he started to reintroduce uh, different foods uh, one by one, uh, trying to see if it got, uh, he got a little better. So he started at the beginning, he started uh, with soup. Uh, he became a bit better, but he stopped eating uh, meat and fish. Then he reintroduced uh, uh, different vegetables. He started to eat, um, uh, to drink um, uh, organic milk. Obviously, in the, in the 16th century, uh, milk was always organic because they didn't have any uh, industrially produced milk. Uh, and he, he um, uh, tried different uh, things. For instance, another thing he did, uh, was to change his um, his sleep pattern. And uh, he was a man, and in that moment he had been uh, going to a lot of parties and, and uh, going to bed very late, uh, having irregular uh, sleep patterns, and he became very strict. He started to go to bed uh, very early, uh, to get up uh, at uh, very, very, very um, early as well. And he kept to it um, religiously uh, for a time, and he became better. And then when he uh, started to recover, uh, he broke the pattern again, and he came back to his previous lifestyle uh, of irregular sleep, irregular eating. Uh, he became very, very sick again. So he took, um, it took him a while uh, to figure out uh, what was good and what was bad. And eventually, he, has, uh, he would stick to it uh, for decades. 
uh, when he was in his late um, uh, 80s, uh, he wrote a series of essays, uh, which I have used as the basis for my book, <coughs> where oh. he actually explained uh, all the uh, results of his uh, experiments. So all his uh, learning was from experiments, and eventually he figured out uh, the right lifestyle, the right uh, steps, um, because he had no choice, because otherwise he was getting uh, worse and worse, and eventually he lived uh, 104 years. Yeah, that really is absurd during that time period. Yeah, I mean, people would live uh, 50 if they were very lucky. And um, Cornaro, um, by the time he was um, uh, terminally ill, uh, he was also bankrupt uh, because he had litigation with his family. He lost everything. And eventually he remade his fortune because he started um, uh, land reclamation. He was living in Venice. And the, um, the area around Venice is uh, basically swamps. It used to be, it was just uh, full of mosquitoes. And, um, and, uh, and he eventually started to, uh, to build uh, dikes and to reclaim the land from agri- for agriculture. And he became extremely wealthy. So it's a, it's a very nice story. And uh, the, book, the, the, book is, the book is full of these kind of stories because I have mm-hmm. taken uh, people in different uh, extreme situations and try to figure out uh, the patterns uh, that are common uh, in those stories. Yeah, I, I just love what you do. I don't think there's anyone else out there that does the research that you do and then publishes so many books that are very consistent with history. Yeah, another pattern that I have found um, uh, repeatedly in the in the in people who go through this kind of um, extreme success and extreme um, uh, failure stories is that uh, when you're facing a problem, you're facing difficult situations, uh, whether it's in your business or in your health, whatever. Um, one of the patterns that uh, emerges very clearly uh, is that. Um, uh, most of the time, people will not know exactly what to do, and this is perfectly normal because um, Cornaro was not a, a physician, so he didn't know much about uh, the human body. He just uh, tried different things. One of the patterns that emerges is that all the solutions and all the uh, steps uh, for advancement, they are based um, on building assets, building some kind of assets. It could be um, intellectual assets, uh, could be a social network, uh, could be improving your health, improving your lifestyle. You build some kind of assets. And sometimes people do that uh, unconsciously because they just don't know what to do, so they start uh, to go in a certain direction. And sometimes they do it um, uh, say by intuition uh, because they get advice from friends. But when you look at the story uh, from a perspective of uh, a century or several centuries, you see the pattern very clearly. And let me just give you another example. Look, one of the uh, big universities in Europe is the University of Berlin. And you see the University of Berlin in Germany uh, is named after Humboldt. Uh, Alexander von Humboldt uh, was a great uh, explorer in the, in the early 19th century. And Humboldt, uh, he had the kind of uh, uh, life story that uh, many people would feel identified with because Humboldt um, uh, went to a university, he got a degree uh, in, in uh, geology, and he wanted uh, to explore the world, he wanted to have a life of adventure, he wanted to start his own company, but eventually, after trying different things, 
uh, the only thing he could get was a very boring uh, job. And he got the job as a mine, mine inspector. He was doing inspection of uh, mining companies in Germany. And he found it uh, extremely boring. Uh, he didn't like it. He went um, uh, to his job every day uh, reluctantly. And um, he never really got a break for years. Uh, he continued to learn a lot. But eventually, when his mother died, uh, his, mother, his mother passed away, uh, he, le he left him uh, a little bit of money. It was not really much. It was like uh, the value of a house. Today, you could inherit a house from your parents. And um, then uh, Humboldt made a, a very interesting choice. Uh, because what most people get uh, inheritance nowadays, you get, uh, say, you get $100,000 or $200,000, Many people would get this kind of uh, amount from their parents. Um, they would just uh, use the money to improve their lifestyle. They would buy a, a larger house, uh, a new car, and they would just uh, continue to do what they were doing. And Humboldt, um, he made a radical change because he took this, uh, this amount of money and he, um, he quit uh, his job. And he started to look uh, for uh, funding, like today you would go to a venture capital company. He started to look for funding uh, to start an exploration um, uh, venture in South America. And in the 18th, uh, 19th century, this was super difficult. Uh, very few people have been in South America, uh, let alone uh, in, uh, in 15 countries. Uh, Humboldt uh, wanted to uh, explore South America uh, from Mexico to Argentina to find uh, new resources. And he went to Spain to talk to the, to the, um, to the king, and he was rejected. And he went to Belgium, uh, he was rejected. Uh, he went to France to talk to Napoleon, and he was rejected. Uh, he talked to different companies in Germany, and he was rejected uh, all over the place. He spent 50% uh, of his savings trying to find um, a sponsor. And eventually, after one and a half years of misery, he decided uh, to do it on his own. So he put his money in escrow. Uh, he found a, a partner, and they went to South America, and they walked, literally walked, uh, from Mexico to Argentina. It took them uh, almost two years. And they took notes. They made drawings. Uh, they talked to people. And they made uh, their own expedition. It was uh, very modest because they didn't have a lot of resources, but they went there. And when Humboldt uh, returned to Europe, uh, he took his thousands of notes. Uh, he published uh, himself because he published his own books. He published uh, eight volumes of notes. And he became almost overnight uh, super famous. He was the only European uh, explorer who had been in South America. And from that, it was history. He became super famous. He started to get uh, very important assignments. He got an assignment from the um, emperor of Russia uh, to explore Siberia. Uh, and he became very old, very wealthy, and very happy. And the story of Humboldt is not unique. It was a guy who transformed uh, some savings into a different kind of assets. Uh, he, he got um, to South America and he used his, uh, his notes to, um, to create those books that became his assets. And from those assets, uh, he built a career. So uh, Humboldt uh, did not know exactly what to do when he started out uh, his uh, adventure, 
but eventually he came out um, he came up with the right sequence of steps because he built assets all the way he built knowledge uh, he took notes uh, eventually he produced uh, those eight books and he became very famous and this is um, a, an important pattern you find in history uh, when you are facing problems and you don't know the answer exactly you have to try to build some kind of assets and whether it's social mm -hmm. assets where it's uh, your knowledge your skills find a way to build assets and the assets uh, will give you the answer i'm i'm curious on the, the gentleman that we spoke of um initially leo uh cornaro uh, luigi uh -huh. luigi cornaro he oh, died in he... uh, 1566 yeah did he share any of his knowledge with other people and help them heal from their illnesses? Um, and indirectly, because um, in the 16th century, I mean, he was uh, spending his life uh, either in Venice or in Padua, which is uh, 50 kilometers away. Because in, uh, in Venice, the problem is that in the summer, there are a lot of mosquitoes. Uh, there still are a few mm -hmm. mosquitoes, but in the 16th century, there are mosquitoes. And he would go to his uh, summer house um, uh, inland. But he wrote extensively about it. He had his uh, his notes published, and eventually, in the in the next century, in the 17th century, uh, he, the, the notes and the, the writings were circulating around Europe. So he helped a lot of people through his writings, but uh, he was not uh, practicing as a healer. Ah, interesting. Hmm. Well, he was already 80 when he wrote uh, his um, his uh, story. And yeah, uh, he spent his life working in his uh, agricultural business, so he could not uh, he could not do both. Huh? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Well, his agricultural business helped a lot of people. Uh, in he a way, it was yeah. He fed probably fed a lot of people. Huh? Fascinating. How many stories do you have in your book? Uh, the book has about uh, 30 different stories. Um, That's a lot. <clears throat> uh, some of them are about uh, people, some of them are events. Um, yeah, I, I try to find uh, stories from different centuries and different um, uh, countries uh, because, uh, I mean, when people read the book in, I don't know, in Japan and they say, okay, all the stories are about uh, Venice, uh, they mm -hmm. don't find it so interesting. But uh, I use, uh, I would say, most of the stories they are European and American. Uh, if I just make something else, um, uh, one of the patterns you also find uh, uh, consistently is that um, uh, human beings, um, we are very, um, I say, very bad, I say, very uh, weak. Uh, we become very weak psychologically uh, when we have to deal with uh, extreme confusion. And um, all the books you read nowadays about uh, personal development, uh, they go uh, through a pattern of uh, goal setting. I say, okay, you have to find the, your mission, you have to find your goal, and you have to go for it. And they have this, um, this uh, structure of uh, goal setting, uh, positive thinking, uh, the law of attraction. This seems today... Uh, the dominant uh, philosophy in personal development. But when you look at history and you look at uh, hundreds of stories, uh, you find uh, a different uh, approach because many people who become successful or they heal when they are very, very sick, um, they don't have a super clear goal. 
Cornaro, in the story I was just telling, uh, he just wanted to recover. He didn't uh, have the goal of becoming mm-hmm. very, very old. But eventually, when you get into the right direction, you, you just develop. But uh, the pattern of confusion is something that uh, all of us hate. Uh, we become extremely irritated, extremely um, annoyed, stressed uh, when we face situations that um, uh, they go beyond our knowledge. And we don't know the answer. We don't know the timing. Uh, we don't know the steps. And we become uh, extremely anxious. And um, uh, let me just give you an example. Look, there is a famous movie from the 1940s, uh, Casablanca, with uh, Humphrey Bogart mm-hmm. and, and Ingrid right. Bergman. I think uh, most people have watched this movie. And the movie is uh, super convincing uh, because, uh, and this is something that most people will not know, uh, the movie was uh, shot in sequence. And I found it very interesting because the book is titled uh, Sequentiality. But the movie was shot in sequence. We don't do this anymore in the 21st century because it's very expensive. Uh, you have to keep all the actors uh, together uh, during the whole movie. Uh, nowadays, people would shoot uh, bits and pieces and then they put the movie together. But mm-hmm. they don't want to keep the, the, um, the main actors uh, hanging around for, for weeks. But in the mm-hmm. 1940s, uh, that was the way it was then. So when they shot uh, Casablanca, uh, the actors would start on page one of the script, and then they go through the script until the end. And what is fascinating is that uh, as they were shooting the movie, uh, they didn't know the ending. Uh, Humphrey Bogart didn't know if he was going to stay together with uh, Ingrid Berman or not. Uh, this is why the love scenes you see in the book and the dial in the movie and the dialogue they look so authentic, uh, the characters look so confused, because they were actually confused. They didn't know the, the end of the story. So when they were uh, uh, having their love scenes in the movie, um, they look extremely realistic. And this is why people, I think, uh, will love this movie so much, because it's so realistic, the, the acting is so, so fantastic, because they were actually confused. And this is because mm-hmm. the producer... Uh, was writing the, um, the script as he went along. He didn't uh, make a decision of the end of the movie until the very end, and then the, he decided how to end the movie. And the, the um, confusion that uh, the characters were facing in the movie, and we find it so interesting because it's so realistic, it's human life. We become very confused when we have these situations, when we have to make very difficult choices, and in the movie, uh, Humphrey Bogart had to decide what to do, whether he was going to help uh, Ingrid Berman or not, was going to help her husband or not. It was a very difficult uh, decision. And this kind of confusion is something you have to go through. Uh, there is no magic. Uh, there is no positive thinking is going to help you when you don't know what to do. Because um, uh, this is human life. It's a human condition. And uh, we like this movie so much because it resembles our own lives so much, even if people don't know why. And this is because they were going through the sequence. And you will have to go through a similar sequence until you find the light, until you find the solution, until you find uh, the right sequence of steps very, very often. How does, how does depression to all of that? Because a lot of times when people get very depressed, they get stuck. Yeah, depression uh, is a pattern that uh, I present in the book as a breakdown of uh, sequentiality. Um, Because depression basically creates passivity. 
and people just get stuck and they become uh, very, very pessimistic and they stop uh, looking for the sequence of events. And why is the, what is the main sequence of uh, depression? Uh, what I have uh, found in the book, in the, in the stories, is that by far, by far the main reason for, for depression is that uh, people are hypersensitive. And, um, and this is a, a pattern that uh, you find very, very often in the 21st century, uh, that people have very uh, unrealistic expectations. Uh, they make uh, plans, they make um, assumptions that uh, they turn uh, incomplete or they turn wrong. And then they become completely depressed. They, they break down psychologically, and they're unable to function. And um, I found the, the first um, pattern I found for this uh, story, for this theory, uh, is the story of uh, Rossetti. Dante Gabriel Rossetti was a, a famous painter in the 19th century. He was super talented. He also was a poet. And the problem with Rossetti is that uh, he became very depressed uh, when he got uh, some bad reviews for his painting, uh, he was, um, I would say, a genius because he created also a new artistic movement in, in the UK. Uh, the problem with Rossetti is that uh, he could not put up with a few bad reviews. Instead of trying to, um, to work harder and to find uh, a better marketing strategy, he started to drink. He became very withdrawn and he stayed at home. All the time, he didn't want to talk to anybody. Uh, he became addicted uh, to, to substances, and eventually he died very, very early, uh, very, very young. He died uh, in his uh, 50s. Uh, he destroyed his career uh, due to his depression. And the pattern uh, you find uh, very, very often in people who become depressed is a question of being hypersensitive that you have to avoid. Uh, you have to become... Uh, more self-confident, you have to become uh, more realistic about the expectations because failure and rejection and negative criticism is, uh, is every day's uh, life experience. Uh, you should not expect uh, your career or your health or your relationships uh, to go smoothly all the time because this is not realistic. And mm -hmm. the, the fact that uh, millions of people become super unrealistic about life, uh, possibly due to watching too much television or to reading too many um, uh, romance uh, novels, is very, very uh, negative uh, because they, they destroy their life, they destroy their talent, uh, they destroy their opportunities for no good reason because uh, becoming hypersensitive uh, is something you can avoid uh, with some training, with some discipline, but uh, you have to cure yourself. Because um, I don't think that uh, Rossetti, and Rossetti was a contemporary of uh, Sigmund Freud, uh, the great uh, psychiatrist. He could have actually visited uh, Freud in Vienna. He didn't do it eventually. He, he thought about it. And um, uh, Freud would have told him to, to, um, to think about his childhood and to think about his experiences. It would have not helped a lot. Uh, Rossetti mm -hmm. uh, had to cure himself. He has to stop drinking. He has to stop uh, becoming passive. And the, the solution to uh, depression is always the same. You have to go back to work. You have to go back to your, to your life. And you have to start uh, looking for the right sequence of steps, uh, practical steps that will uh, move you forward. Mm -hmm.
But some people can do it and some can't. Uh, certainly. Uh, some people are going to need a therapist. Uh, they are going to need help. But mm-hmm. um, the key, uh, I think, to, to uh, reestablish the, the right sequence of steps uh, is to reduce or to eliminate uh, hypersensitivity. Uh, hopefully, you can do it yourself. If you cannot do it yourself, you need a therapist, you need some help. But in the end, uh, the, the therapist uh, is going to help you organize your life to the extent that uh, you can continue yourself. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Pretty fascinating. Well, I can't wait to read your book. Where can our listeners um, purchase this book along with any of the others they may have interest in? Uh, it's very, very easy to find my uh, my work. Uh, if you just type uh, John Vespasian on Google or on any other uh, search engine, just type John Vespasian, you will find the books. Uh, they are available on Amazon, of course. Um, you will find my, uh, uh, there is a blog with hundreds of uh, free articles. There is also a free newsletter. Uh, just type John Vespasian on Google and you'll find everything in one second. Okay, and why don't you spell your last name for the listeners in case they don't uh, get Vespasian, it correct. Uh, yeah, Vespasian, even if you type it incorrectly, it doesn't matter because uh, Google will correct you. It's uh, such an unusual <laughs> name that, uh, yeah, yeah, uh, it's, it's true. I mean, people would write anything and then the Google will just uh, uh, show you the right, uh, uh, the oh, right okay. spelling. Uh, uh-huh. Vespasian starts with Vespa, like the famous uh, Italian um, uh, uh, motorcycle. So it's Vespasian. It's very, very easy. Yeah, so it's V as in Victor, A, S as in Sam, P as in Paul, A, S as in Sam, I, A, N as in Nancy. Yeah, perfect. Well, it's been great having you on. Again, I learned a lot. And I, for one, will definitely be ordering your book and reading it because I'm fascinated with history, number one, and number two, the fact that you went through and came up with, you know, like 30 examples of what people overcame in their lives to become successful is of great interest to a lot of us. Okay. Many thanks uh, for having me on, and uh, I wish you a continued success on your show. Thank you so much, John. Take care. Bye. Well, that wraps up our show for today. Uh, Please join us again next Wednesday. We'll have another great show for you. Meantime, happy 4th of July. Bye-bye. We celebrate our listeners worldwide and invite you to contact Denise at www.healthmedianow.com with any questions you may have. And follow her on Twitter at Health Media Now and Facebook at Health Media Now. For those interested in an advertising campaign on her show, contact Lisa at KnowledgeWorksPub.com. Be sure to visit GotCancerNowWhat.com for information on Denise Messenger's award-winning book, Got Cancer? Now What? 